Have we met before? Oh, yes, General. The epic fiction podcast, Tooman Bay, returns. What have you done? Listen now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get moving, Toledo. Sponsored by 3D Wellness. Here's your host, Jim Poole. Good morning, everybody. This is Get Moving Toledo. And we've got a a great interview lined up for you. We had to do it earlier uh, yesterday just because of the crazy schedule that that our healthcare workers are under. We're going to have Jason Smith on, the sports medical director for Mercy Health. Uh, You're listening to Get Moving Toledo. We're going to get right into it. Uh, But I just wanted to thank my sponsors. I want to thank 3D Wellness. I want to thank Julie Spann Johnson, State Farm, and Jim Poole Health. And uh, let's listen to Jason. My guest today is the medical director of sports medicine for Mercy Health, Jason Smith. How are you doing, Dr. Smith? Uh, we're doing the best we can today, Jim. So it's a, it's a crazy time. I get it. I know you're super busy, um, and I, I appreciate you taking some time out today just to you know, talk to us a little bit and, and you know, get some information on things. That, I, I want to talk to you a little bit today about just some of the stuff that you guys aren't reporting. I, you know, I know your side gig is you're, you're helping uh, Mayor Kapsikevich. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that first? Yeah, just doing my part to help out wherever I can. So you you, you come on every day. I mean, I, I think it's been interesting to see, you know, President Trump comes on. He does his briefing with his team of people. Uh, uh, the governor comes on. He does his briefing with his team of people. And then Mayor Kapsikevich comes on, of which you're a member of that team, as we're talking about. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that the trickle-down effect the information has had from the national to the state to the local level. And... You know, you've been a big part of that. You come on every day. They put you up there in the microphone. Uh, they make you speak. And, and it's been great. It's been great seeing somebody that I know personally and that is on the front lines fighting this, you know, this horrible disease, uh, you know, for us, or at least giving us the information and keeping us informed. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, but I, I, I would be remiss if you and I do have a friendship and a history a little bit. So I'd be remiss if I don't pick on you for the math equation that you foiled yesterday in your press conference. Um, tell yeah, us about that it- one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty easy story. You know, usually I actually prepare my remarks and have them written down. Uh, yesterday, as you might have seen, we obviously changed a little cadence that we normally do our 4 o'clock. We ended up moving it to 7.30. Uh, it just made for a little bit of a longer day as we were trying to address some of the problems. And, uh, you know, I, I apologize to uh, Mrs. Wisniewski. I believe that was my eighth grade uh, algebra one teacher, which is probably above where I should be at eight times eight. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to totally apologize to her because uh, she was the one who tried to remind me that we all love math. Math is fun. And uh, I never really believed that. So <laughs> well, it was, it was a slip Freudian slip. And uh, you know, I, even after getting some sleep, I, I don't know how I missed that one. I'm not going to lie to you. I love it. I, I was sitting there thinking, okay, let's see, probably 12 years of medical school, fellowship, internship. Um, and he messed up eight by eight times eight. I'm like, God, I got this. I can forever hold this over his head that he's not quite as smart as I am. Uh, no, one, no one ever said I'm smart. I just try really hard. <laughs> so, okay. So that aside, you owned it. I'm proud of you. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the important stuff. So um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, you, you are on the front lines, honestly, obviously you're in the hospitals every day. Um, you guys are seeing this evolve on a, on a minute by minute basis. You know, how are the, how, how the healthcare workers, how are the, the nurses and the doctors and how's everybody holding up? Well, you know, this is an unprecedented time. 
it is a time that none of us have ever experienced in our lives. And, you know, when it comes down to difficult situations, I firmly believe healthcare workers have been trained to deal with challenges. This is just a different type of challenge. Everyone that I see on a daily basis, um, and more so now uh, with the Toledo Lucas County Health Department, these professionals are absolutely on point doing their jobs uh, and, and doing everything we can to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 and make sure that we're keeping our community healthy and safe. And, you know, I, I'm being new to the department. I'm going to be honest, I did not have as much of an idea what this health department did, but I am impressed every day with the people that I get to work with and their knowledge and the amount of resource and time and energy that they put into making sure that we are informing the public. The information that we're giving them is all the information we have to the best of our knowledge at that time. And, uh, you know, hopefully informing them of, of what they should be doing, because like I said, we've never seen anything like this before, and I'm not sure we'll ever see it again, but I think we have done everything we can to be prepared. And, and obviously things change and challenges happen, uh, but I work with an amazing group of individuals that really know how to deal with any circumstances. So I'm very, I'm very proud of the team. Uh, I'm very honored to be a small part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I really think what we're doing here in Toledo, Lucas County, and the state of Ohio is far and away above what other states and cities are doing. You know, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. My mom's a nurse, and God, I can tell you, Jim, she loves watching me on TV. I don't like watching myself. <laughs> and and she tells me every day, she's like, you guys are three to four to five days ahead of where we're at for information and preparation and making uh, decisions to protect the public. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I, and I know it's not going to be perfect. And I know sometimes we'll have a map there here and there, uh, <laughs> but that's why we have people to keep us in line because we all are human and mistakes can happen. But I think that the work that uh, people are putting in is, is extraordinary and that he doesn't even feel like enough. Well, yeah. And to that point, like I, you know, I joked with you a couple minutes ago about, you know, 12 years of school. So let, you know, let's just go through that briefly. As a doctor, you probably I'm probably close. Twelve years of schooling, you know, nurses, extra schooling, you know, all these medical. They're all you guys are all big brain people, as I like to refer to. Um, but there's no playbook for this. You don't go through. Yes, I'm sure you you may have a, a rotation when you're in medical school through infectious disease and stuff like that. But when something like this, let's say, comes out of nowhere, literally, um, there's no playbook, and it just seems like. You know, as as a society, you know, we are uh, we want instant gratification. So we want to know how do we stop this? Can I want to go out? I want to go celebrate St. Patrick's Day or whatever the you know whatever's going on. Why am I confined to my house or or why is my work closing early or why am I you know whatever? Um, but you know, I think it's been really interesting to see how you guys have you know you've been very calm in the press conferences and, and it's very calming to people watching it. Quite honestly. Um, I, you know, I think, I think, uh, the governor's done a great job. I think the president's done a great job. I mean, I just think everybody is trying to be, you know, we don't know what we don't know, but I guess that's where, where I'm leading this to is, you know, there is no playbook and this is coming at you guys. You're seeing a lot of this for the first time Now, Yes. There's, there's people working on vaccines and there's thing, you know, there's things going on way behind the scenes that we don't see or really aren't that talked about that much in your guys's daily press conferences, but, you know, how is it to you when this is coming, when you're getting information fed to you and then you guys have to decipher, okay, how do we handle this? 
Yeah. So I'm actually going to respectfully disagree with you. Uh, there is a structure in place and, you know, uh, I, I know this because, uh, I have to be trained in it and I have the, some of the training, uh, believe it or not that we did for the emergency health class city marathon. So the federal emergency management of Sparty FEMA has uh, a list of classes on something called incident command structure and response. And, uh, you know, these are all courses that, uh, public health officials and other emergency response, uh, professionals, uh, take there, there has been preparation for a pandemic. I, I'll honest, I'll tell you that over and over again. Like there is absolutely preparation for this. There is, you know, each individual situation uh, calls for something different, and this is a different type of virus that we probably haven't seen since uh, the Spanish flu of 1918. Wow, wow. Well, no, and and thank you for correcting me on that. Um, yeah. You know, but I guess what I'm saying is, okay, here, here's, I guess what I'm getting to is there's stories that are coming out now. You know, I, I know the, the, we hear the words M95, the mask that the, the healthcare yeah. workers are using and how there's a shortage and they're interviewing people on all these stations and all that other stuff. Um, and I saw a story earlier this week about a, I, I believe it's down in the South, a hospital care system um, that hired basically a team of seamstresses to make disposable yeah. covers. You Washington know, State. I saw that same article about uh, Washington State. Okay, yep. Washington State. Okay, great. So yep. I thought that was really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of like stories where people are stepping up and being innovative. Uh, I know I just saw a story. I, I woke up in the middle of the night the other night. Um, it might have been a nightmare from your press briefing, um, watching you on TV again. But <laughs> but no, I woke up the other night and I turned the TV on and there was a story about a microbrewery in Atlanta that stopped making beer and they're making hand sanitizer and they're giving it away to, you know, healthcare workers and first responders. And, um, you, you know, I, I think, you know, you tell me what, what you're, what you guys are seeing, or at least how are you, what your satisfaction level is with, are we taking it serious enough based on the information you guys are giving us? And are, are there, there's still a lot of people dismissing it? Like, ah, just whatever. I, I mean, I, I think people are taking it seriously. And I, I, I base that on what I'm watching and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, but you probably have more access to more people. So I want to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, I, I wear multiple hats uh, and that's because I'm bald. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when we look at a situation like this, I'm going to, I'm going to take off my, I'm going to put on each hat differently. Okay. Sure. So I'm going to start with um, as a physician who works for Mercy Health, I, I think our ministry has done everything they can. And, and you know, Mercy Health is, is with Bonsecours. We are one of the largest health systems and one of the largest, if not the largest Catholic health system on the East Coast um, with hospitals spanning multiple states. And, you know, I, I think that and specifically in Toledo, we are so connected to our resources with public health and emergency, uh, emergency medicine services, EMS services, that um, we are on the front lines. I see what communications we get from the ministry, uh, which is what we call um, uh, our corporate offices. And I, I think we are doing everything we can and then some. And I think you've seen some of those steps. We've closed. Uh, we have, we've cut down on services to essential care only. So if you don't need to come in, we don't have you come in. Uh, our surgeries, uh, we were cutting down surgeries before the state recommended us to do that. And, and I, I do speak with all the other health systems in town. I think they have done the same and they're doing a great job uh, with that as well. Um, you know, I, you know, I put on my public health hat um, and I see uh, things coming into our emergency management center um, where uh, 
we're bringing back a ventilator uh, of a proposal where we're looking to bring back ventilators uh, that were made from 1978 to 1984 uh, because they're so easy to put together and uh, looking at ways to uh, add resources, potential resources into that. Um, I can assure you all the hospitals, and I do mean all the hospitals, Mercy Health, ProMedica, St. Luke's, and UTMC, uh, we are on a call every day. Everyone is together on this one. And, and I, I really mean that. And, you know, I get questions too. You know, Doc, what do you know that I don't know? And the answer, Jim, is really not much more. Um, you know, there are things uh, like uh, making ventilators or accessing masks uh, that I may know that it just is not information that the public needs disseminated on a daily basis. We want to keep that high. Uh, but I think, our community here in Toledo, Lucas County, is remarkable, and we are so well connected here. Uh, I, I'm honestly proud to be a member of this community because of the response. Well, that's great. That's great. It's great to hear. Um, speaking of Lucas County or Northwest Ohio, so I know the statistics, at least from what we've heard, is we have one confirmed case so far, uh, and yeah. I believe if my if my information is correct, it's like a 70 year old guy. Uh, traveled international recently, but hadn't had much exposure to the public since his return. He's in confinement. Um, you know, no deaths. Um, you know, is that a, a product of we're still testing and we still haven't gotten the results? And, and help me understand if I'm correct. Yeah. Just based on just the stuff that I've seen on TV, it seems like they take the test and it's about four days to get the results. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, as I always am. What you're saying is completely true. And to the best of my knowledge, there's still only one case in Lucas County. We still get those numbers, just like everyone else does, at 2 p.m. from the state. Like, I might get a 15-minute head start, you know, sure. you know, hurry up and run. But I can assure you that's what we know. And in numbers, we, you know, we are a very need-to-know-everything society. And I know that from my practice. Um, and... I know people want to know if they have coronavirus, um, but the fact of the matter is, is we can't allocate those resources because we just don't have them at this time. You know, we are burning through personal protective equipment like nobody's business. I know one hospital has gone over 200% of their yearly allocation, and it's only March the 20th when we're doing this interview. So, you know, it's, it's, it is a difficult messaging, but... You know, I tell people the same thing. This is a viral illness. This is a flu-like illness. And this is not, uh, you know, exactly the flu per se. Uh, it's different. And it's different in the following way. And I think, you know, if I can try to explain this and be relatively successful, it could help your listeners, you know, understand it. We call it a novel coronavirus because coronavirus is an extremely common viral cold. A coronavirus, this is usually your snots and sniffles your kids get in the winter. Why it's novel, novel is new. It's a new form of a virus that we had consistently been exposed to growing up. So older adults have some immunity to that. The difference with this one is, is that as we age, our immune system obviously weakens and underlying health conditions like we talked about with this novel coronavirus that are concerning heart disease, diabetes, uh, and other immunocompromised uh, uh, states, including respiratory disease, puts you at a greater risk for 
contracting this. And when you don't have the immunity to fight this type of virus, it becomes more severe. It's also important to know we don't have treatment and we don't have the vaccine, even though these things are all in process. And there was an article uh, from the president's press conference yesterday. They were talking about using an old anti-malarial drug in the hospital in combination with antibiotics to treat it. That's well and good. But for the vast majority of your listening public and the people that we talk to on a daily basis that are otherwise healthy, this is going to be a bad cold. And we're going to ride it out just like any other bad cold. Rest, fluids, and if you got a fever, treat your fever with something like acetaminophen, also known as Tylenol. I know it's been pounded in our heads, but what can we do as as individuals to make sure? I know the wash your hands. I know don't touch your yeah. face. Uh, you know, how often... You know, should we be wiping down our house? I mean, if we're not going out, I mean, as long as we're confined to, you know, our inside of our houses, um, if you know, as much as we can, you know, how often should we be, you know, doing a sweep of our of our residence at least, just to try to make sure that nothing is getting inside the house? Well, you know, so that that's a really good question, and you know, let, let's make sure your listening public understands this. You know, you wanted to talk to me in person, and what did I tell you when no, you asked me gonna, to do that? We have to do it remotely because I'm trying to sequester myself as much as I can. Right, exactly. And so we talk about that social distancing. When you're in your own house, it's not like this thing's going to come through your window and attack you. You know, I think I think we need to understand that. All right, it's not the boogeyman. So. You know, and, and, you know, often uh, our leaders like to use um, war analogies, which I don't think are necessarily inappropriate. Um, but, you know, this is a virus to, to kind of give you like what it's like outside. If you're outside, this virus kind of goes down to the ground and it doesn't get on you. So unless you're going to roll around in the dirt after someone coughed in the dirt, look, you're probably not going to contract it. If you're in your own house and you're staying away from other contacts, you're cleaning your house on a regular basis. I'm not going to give you a specific time frame because uh, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> run on cleaning supplies at Costco because that's not <laughs> happened yet, right? No, not at all. Um, yeah, exactly. Toilet paper. Uh, just, just want to say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say this because I want to say this, and I think this is really important. This is a respiratory virus. Okay. <laughs> this, this is not. I know where you're going this with does that. Not have significant <laughs> GI consequences. We do not need to buy out all the toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> please, please, people, be aware that you know. Though I appreciate that as a necessity, and it is, you know, I got three kids, I get it, all right? But th this is a respiratory virus. So, you know, I, I think I think that's really it. Understanding, you know, you have to be within about six feet uh, and, and get actual droplets of someone who has the infection to cough on you. Understanding as well, you know, you heard yesterday that playgrounds have been closed by the, uh, by the Metro Parks, you know, because this virus can live on aluminum surfaces for up to a week. And live in, uh, in, in, I don't know, Jim, you know me pretty well. I usually have a pretty good beard. I don't know if you noticed, they shaved it down pretty good, right? Yes, I did notice that. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason, there's twofold. Number one, you know, facial hair can do it, and we want to keep our facial hair short so it's not living on facial hair and other surfaces for up to a week. On top of that, if I was called into duty, which I volunteered for at any place in time, to wear one of those N95 respirators, I wanted to make sure that I am, you know, have appropriately on facial hair. And if, if the situation calls for it, I'll take a razor or shave it all off and I'll look really scary. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'll do whatever it takes. No. And, and you are, you guys are doing whatever it takes. And like I said, at the beginning of the interview, like we really appreciate what you guys are doing every day, being out there and, and honestly being more, more apt to being exposed to this, to this virus. Um, so the show is about health and wellness. The show's about getting people active 
Yes, we're confined to quarters. No, I can't go to the gym. Yes, I mean, you know, Kelly, you know me very well. We've got our own basically home gym at home. We've got equipment all over the house, um, and we can make up stuff on the fly. But is it safe? Can we can we go out for a bike ride? Can we go out for a run in our neighborhood? And as long as we're not near anybody else. Yeah, as long as we're being mindful of social distancing, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I agree. Look, you know, Jim, uh, the, the side piece about health and wellness is mental health. Uh, and you and I both know how many people we interact with on a regular basis in which running is their release. Am religion. I right or what? It's right? their religion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and you know how many runners I see on the office. It's, you know, oh, yeah. I, I'd like to – yeah, hopefully a lot of them because I care about running. But, you know, it, people – People need exercise, and exercise is absolutely fundamental when it comes to taking care of your immune and wellness. There's one thing I really want to hit on. I'm going to be real brief because I know we're short on time. Exercise at a moderate level, not high intensity, can increase and help immune system and help recover from illness. Depression, sadness, feeling down can decrease immune systems. So so exercise, and, and this is me as a sports doc, is absolutely vital, provided we're conscientious of our social distancing during this troubling times for mental health, for physical health, and for immune health. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And Dr. Smith, you're right. We are sure on time. We're running up against the clock here. Um, I, I want to tell you that, one, I'm, I'm honored to have you as a friend, um, and I'm proud of the, of the job that you and your staff and all your people through the Mercy Health System and all the healthcare workers here in town are doing right now. I mean, we, we see it on social media, and, and we're thinking about you guys, and, and I know you're busy, and I know you got to run, uh, no pun intended, but I also, you know, I know that you're, you're getting pulled in a lot of different directions and just want you to know that we're thinking of you and we appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do to help you, um, you know, if you are, if you are low on the essentials, like the toilet paper, and then give me a shout and I'll come throw it in the front yard and you come out and get it. Thanks, Jim. I, I do have a, bat, a public health badge, so I think I have a little, <laughs> a little extra license. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate that. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I am, do I am doing what I can to help everyone. And I think, you know, what I say is echoed amongst a whole bunch of other people in our community. I think a lot of people are stepping up. I just hope I'm doing my part. That's all I can say about that. Well, from my, from my eyes, I, I think you are. And like I said, I, I appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to sit down and, and talk with us. Um, it, it means a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care, man. All right. Thanks. Well, you too. Bye. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to the show today. Until I talk to you again, get up, get motivated, stay healthy, and get moving, Toledo.